Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode 92 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author, media and PR coach, copywriter, editor and proofreader, and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content events and training platform providing success tips for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, before we get into the main part of the show, I wanted to let you know that I've opened up enrollment again to my online PR course and group coaching program, Vegans in the Limelight. I ran the course for the first time earlier this year with a group of vegan business owners and entrepreneurs from across the globe over a 12-week period. And it now comes with a full 12 months of group coaching, including a monthly live question and answer call. You can also post your questions on the learning platform and you can post your pitches to get feedback from me before you send them to journalists. So you've basically got me holding your hand, helping you to do your own PR for a full year. It's a great value program. It's way more affordable than similar courses and it's the only one that's specifically aimed at vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs. Some of the current students have already got media coverage in mainstream and specialist newspapers, magazines, radio and TV shows. So if you'd like to get your vegan brand or yourself featured in the media, but you don't have the budget to hire a publicist or a PR agency, then I highly recommend you check out this program. You get full and immediate access to the materials as soon as you enrol. You can find out all the details by going to veganbusinessmedia.com and clicking on the link for the course Vegans in the Limelight. In this episode, I interview renowned US TV journalist and best-selling author Jane Velez Mitchell, founder of Jane Unchained in Los Angeles, a multi-platform social media news outlet that produces original video content on animal rights and the vegan and compassionate lifestyle. Jane worked as a TV journalist for mainstream media for several decades. This included stints as a news anchor and reporter at KCAL TV in Los Angeles and WCBS TV in New York, as well as reporting for the nationally syndicated Warner Brothers and Telepictures show Celebrity Justice, where she did numerous stories on animal issues championed by celebrities. For six years, she hosted her own show on CNN Headline News, where she ran a weekly segment on animal issues. She's won numerous awards for her reporting, including a Los Angeles and a New York Emmy, four Genesis Awards from the Humane Society of the United States, a Compassionate Leadership Award from Mercy for Animals, and the Nancy Alexander Award from People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Jane has also penned four books. Secrets Can Be Murder, An Addict Nation, An Intervention for America with co-author Sandra Moore, plus her two New York Times bestsellers, Exposed, The Secret Life of Jodie Arias, and her memoir, I Want, My Journey from Addiction and Overconsumption to a Simpler, Honest Life. Since she launched Jane Unchained in 2015, it's quickly reached a loyal following of just under a million people as of now, that's November 2017, across its social media channels, with many videos getting several hundred thousand views. 
Jane lives with her partner, Donna Dennison, also known as That Snarky Vegan Girl, the social media video director and graphic designer for Jane Unchained. In this interview, Jane talks about how to get featured on mainstream TV and who to contact to pitch your idea, what makes a great TV guest, how having a strong personality and story can get you media coverage, the importance of creating your own content and becoming the media, what equipment she uses to make her videos, and as a little clue, she shoots them on her phone, tips for making Facebook Live videos, and much more. Here's the interview with Jane Velez Mitchell from Jane Unchained. Hello, Jane. Thank you very much for joining me today. Well, I'm delighted to be here, Katrina. Oh, I'm always excited to interviewing you because you're my favorite. You've been my favorite journalist for a long time because I just love how you've been so outspoken and managed to weave animal rights issues into mainstream media through your uh, long and wonderful career as a broadcast journalist and what you're doing now with Jane Unchained. So I'm very happy to have you on the show and I'm sure that uh, listeners are going to get a lot out of this. So fantastic. So I wanted to just touch on, because you've had a long career as a a TV and a broadcast journalist. Um, what would you say, Jane, are some of the, the most common mistakes business owners make when trying to get themselves media coverage and particularly TV? Well, it's hard to get media coverage, particularly TV. Um, generally, the media, uh, whether it's local news or national news, covers a problem. It doesn't cover happy stories. Everybody says they want good news and happy news. But the truth is, if you put good news and happy news on the ratings tumble, people want um, tragedy. They want uh, violence. They want crime. That sells. And uh, there are several networks devoted to crime. And if you look at uh, horrific tragedies, we just had one in uh, Las Vegas, the largest mass shooting in modern U.S. history. It's all over the airwaves. So it's hard to compete with that. And uh, Psychologists offer many reasons why people say they want good news but really want bad news. And the bottom line is that when you get home from a hard day at work or you've had the normal challenges that we all face, um, you know, it's on a very subconscious reptilian brain level, it's reassuring to turn on the TV and see that there's people who have it a lot worse than you do. And, you know, hey, not so bad. Sure. Be grateful for what yeah. you <laughs> Yeah. Sure. So, what about for so things when, like morning shows? That I think I guess I'm thinking more like, you know, things like Good Morning America or their kind of local stuff where, you know, they do kind of have like guest experts on, for example, or, you know, they may do a, some kind of positive story about, I don't know, vegan cupcakes <laughs> or something like that. So I'm thinking more along those kind of lines rather than, say, hard news coverage on the TV. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, to get on those shows, um, you know, you need a gimmick, you need a hook, you need something, and you you might need a good publicist to get on shows like that, too. Mm. Um, you know, uh, there are people who do make it on mainstream TV, they're on Shark Tank, they come up with an ingenious product. Um, people are writing a lot of books, and I get them sent to me every week, and they want to know how to get on mainstream television. And while some do, you need an angle, you need a hook, you need a unique selling proposition, you need something that very different that pops out and maybe related to whatever's happening, the news of the day mm, and try to find yeah. a book that way. Yeah. Um, no, that's great advice. But, but, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, if uh, you've got a book about, you know, uh, heart disease and how you know, a vegan diet, you know, the leading killer is heart disease. I think it kills one out of every four people, hundreds of thousands of people a year. So if there's a way to, to hook it to, hey, you know, it's Heart Disease Awareness Week. And one of the things I think that business owners, I think in particular, can get a bit confused about is who to pitch to for TV. So whether that's local, state or national. Um, so should they be going for researchers, producers, executive producers, presenters? Like who's the best person to pitch to and does it differ on various shows? Well, I mean, most big shows have bookers. So for local news, you could hit the assignment desk. Uh, you can go online and almost every newsroom in America has a website where they have the Twitter accounts and sometimes the Facebook accounts and sometimes the emails of reporters. And so if you've got a business that's, let's say, a vegan business where you're, you've got a cruelty-free product, well, maybe you, you just try to find a pitch. And uh, let's say you're going to be at the Veg Fest that's happening in that town, or maybe it is the Veg Fest. Uh, one of the good ways to let people know what's going on is to hit all the reporters, write them individually, and maybe one of them will respond. And then there's the assignment desk. And, you know, there's rarely producers, just producers in local news. Um, usually they're um, just reporters. Um, there's executive producers, but it depends on the product. As far as national shows, there are producers and there are bookers and you have to find the names and the email addresses of those people. And then you've got to pitch them. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the thing with, um, national shows is they can call you, but you can't call them. <laughs> Wait till somebody calls you and then you say, oh, I'll call you right back. No, there's, there is no calling back. It's a one-way phone system. Right, so, right. Um, okay. So email's the way to go. To get, it's hard to get through to these people. It's very hard because there's so many people trying to get through to them that they create a firewall so that you can't get through to them. So email is a good way to get through to them. Cool. Great. Great. And I'm guessing any tips on sending an email? If you, have, if you have a product that you really feel confident in, get a publicist who does have connections. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But for those, I guess for those who can't afford a publicist, because, uh, you know, that's quite a, you know, a, a reasonably high investment. Um, so they are keen to kind of, you know, do it themselves. Then any tips on what makes a good pitch? So you've said to send them an email pitch. So if you were being pitched, for example, what makes a good pitch for you? What are the sort of key elements? Um, you know, it really would depend on the product. Give me a product and I will give you an example okay so someone's made the first of its kind um pre-packed vegan meringues made with aquafaba that's just and there's i don't know if there is a product like that but i've just made that up off the top <laughs> of my head <laughs> okay all right well okay then i would target it to food blogs and foodie magazines uh so it's about what audience you target um, so it, it's not just your pitch, but it's who you're pitching to. Um, there's certainly BuzzFeed food and HuffPo food and, uh, 
all sorts of magazines that are connected to food and blogs that are connected to food. So uh, there's, you know, of course, One Green Planet and the Dodo and um, other um, outlets that are targeting like organic food and uh, vegan food, veg news. I mean, I would maybe hit those outlets with it. And those are some of the smaller um, ones you can maybe, you maybe can get through to them and find out who the, you know, executive producer of this, that, and the other is, or who the um, uh, managing editor is, and do a pitch that says, um, hey, you know, everybody loves meringue. You don't have to... uh, sacrifice you can be vegan and you can have meringue because meringue is generally associated with some kind of whipped you know egg whites i i think so it's an alternative to egg whites um if you um were to do a gimmick around it i suppose you know you could have um announced a meringue contest uh you know i i it's here's the thing and this is why I always say that um, while it's great to try those things, it's also good to try to um, do things that are that are um, a little off that that traditional path of trying to get that mainstream media coverage. Um, you know, they say insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Um, you can definitely try to get on these mainstream outlets, and some people do. But the number of people with products trying to get on those outlets um, versus the number of people who actually do get on those outlets, a very small percentage do. Now, you know, a lot of it has to do also with the personality of the person. Like, I'll just think off the top of my head, Miyoko, Miyoko Shinner, she's created this uh, vegan a cheese brand that is just on fire. It's it's growing rapidly. And she's a very interesting person. And she speaks about the connection between veganism and happiness. And she lectures on that. And I've heard her lectures and they're really brilliant. And she's funny and clever and witty. So a person like that might pitch themselves as a personality and their own personal story of how they um started doing one thing and then they switched because they had this awakening and then they started this brand and how it grew. So you could also try to pitch yourself as a story that what is your story could be interesting. Um, I mean, there's a great uh, couple here who were barristers in London and they are vegan and they um, created this fruit dessert that they became obsessed with. And they both left their job as barristers in London and moved to Los Angeles and have set up a frozen fruit company in um, Santa Monica on Montana, on very fashionable Montana Avenue. Their story is adorable and they're adorable. And I go there when I'm in the area. So, wow, that's a story. So, you know, what, what the news media is looking for is stories. They're not looking to do free advertising for companies. Exactly. If you can pitch yeah. it as a story that is a compelling story with with you know an arc, 
two barristers, they fall in love, they leave London, they come to <laughs> America, they set up a frozen fruit company store. And, you know, that's a fun little feature story. Maybe a particular outlet might be interested in that story. Yeah, that sounds fun. They sound wonderful. I love the sound of those, especially like giving up as a barrister. Like that's quite, you know, it's risky, you know, to give up, you know, really high paying career as a barrister because barristers in London, I know from experience are not cheap. Uh, to, yeah, to move to LA and do that. That's very cool. I love that. And I'm glad you've touched on that because that is important around the whole, like we say, the story. Because I know a lot of business owners go, oh yeah, you know, a lot of vegan business owners go, oh yeah, I, I want to be on the TV. I want some publicity for my product. I even get pitched like for my podcast saying, oh, I'd love to come on and promote my stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's not the way you approach the media. So I'm glad that you've, you've that was a really brilliant example. I'm really glad that you've shared that the importance of the story and making it easy for the journalist to say yes we want to cover you rather than like you say doing the job of a publicist which journalists are not there to do so no that's fantastic I'm, I'm really glad that you you shared that in terms of when you were a presenter Jane I know you talked about you know different outlets have different people so you might have to contact the reporter or the producer what about the presenter so when you were presenting because you had a, a show on mainstream um, tv which for, for many years which was awesome did you, were you okay with being pitched directly or did that annoy you and you would kind of say, no, contact the producer or the booker or whatever? Yeah, well, again, you know, each show has themes and our theme at the time, the last show I did was crime. So, um, and celebrity scandal. So if it didn't involve a crime or a celebrity scandal, uh, it wasn't really in our wheelhouse. However, I had been doing, and I did for six years, a, a weekly animal segment, and that uh, we covered all the organizations, PETA, Mercy for Animals, uh, Humane Society, um, you know, the, the Cloud Foundation, all of these different uh, organizations, uh, and I would get pitched, uh, and of course, looking at it from that perspective, I would want something with something fresh, breaking news, uh, a story that is timely. Um, so for example, if, uh, and this is happening right now, uh, there's a, there's an assault on the wild horses. There's a whole bunch of politicians who want to just clear the wild horses off the land to, uh, appease the cattle and uh, other industries, but primarily the cattle industry. And so that would be a good story. We'd have an organization get up and, um, you know, talk about how they had a secret summit and they kept out the people who were representing the horses and um you know uh so it's gotta it's gotta be timely it's gotta be something where you're presenting something new and so that's difficult with a product i mean yeah you could try to get on shark tank <laughs> you <laughs> know if you have a brilliant new product or if you have a new vegan restaurant uh but uh uh Again, these shows are not are not there to promote your product. So if you don't have it, a story built around it, something that's timely, some kind of maybe a giveaway, like you're helping school kids or or something like that, I, I you really gotta it it's it's hard. They're they're not you know advertising is advertising, news is news, and occasionally they they intersect, but it's hard to get that intersection. 
Yeah, for sure. And again, it's coming back, like you said, yeah, coming back to that story and building that story in it for sure. So let's go on to say, for example, someone has managed to get on, maybe they've managed to get on their local show or national or even, you know, yeah, a state or a national show. If they have done that, what are the key things that they must not do? And what are the essential things they must do in terms of, you know, presenting themselves on the TV? What makes a great guest? Well, somebody who speaks who smiles if, if it's a smile story, if it's not, then don't smile, but <laughs> who um, is relaxed and doesn't try to sound intelligent, you know, using big words or getting complicated, just, just spell it out simply. I mean, the best guess is keep it real simple and tell a story. So, Hey, you know, I woke up one morning and I said, I have to have meringue, even though I'm a vegan. And I came <laughs> up and I went to the kitchen and I used it like a laboratory and I came up with this meringue and it's spectacular. Who needs eggs? We've got a vegan meringue, period. You know, as opposed to in 1967, you know, I mean, you just want to spell it out and it's very short. And usually these segments are over before you even blink. They're three minutes or at the most four minutes. Some, you know, usually in a, a, they're, they're very short. So get to the point right away and let people know where they can get your product. Great. Yeah, no, that's really good advice. And like I said, if it's like a guest expert, so say if it was a vegan psychologist, for example, or a vegan health expert, like you said earlier, going on to talk about um, heart disease and what have you. So they may not be spruiking any particular product, but they're there as a guest expert. Um, is that important? Mm-hmm. So I guess sound bites, like you said, getting to the point straight away. Getting well, let the- me say this. The meat and dairy industry doesn't want to have vegan messaging on television. Okay, let's, let's be real. Um, look at the advertisers, meat, dairy, pharmaceuticals. So if you want to get on TV, you better figure out a way to make it uh, about something else. And you could maybe get the vegan message once you're on. I mean, I spoke to a woman who said she managed to get one of the few people managed to get a plant-based show on, on television. She said she, she never mentioned it was plant-based. She said it was cholesterol free. Cause if, if you're plant-based, you're automatically cholesterol free since plants contain no cholesterol. So, you know, uh, this, this fantasy of plant-based or vegan, you know, experts coming on and giving advice, it's nice in a perfect world, but I haven't seen it. Well, Have I guess you? Ellen's had a few on. She's had Neil Barnard on and, and some others. So I'm, I'm guessing, I'm wondering if it's, if the presenter is kind of open to it, like you managed to get that animal rights segment on your show. So it, I guess it's, it's kind of, I guess not impossible. I mean, I get what you're saying. It's, you know, you've got to work really hard at it. And there's, and I know recently, I think there was an incident where um, the filmmakers of What the Health were, did a segment with Good Morning America, I think it was one of the mainstream shows, and they ended up not airing it, well, even though they recorded it. So I, I guess I hear what you're saying, but I, so I guess I'm trying to think of ways that we can somehow infiltrate. Well, like first say, of all, Dr. Neil Barnard is not a product. He is the head of Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. So he's in a totally different category. But I mean, I'm talking about other experts. So Neil Barnard is an expert. So I'm not just talking about product. I'm talking about perhaps vegan okay. you know, service professionals who happen to be vegan and plant-based who could go on and, and uh, as an expert uh, in a uh, yeah. talking well, about well, something. That's what I, would I would say if you're a doctor, which Dr. Neil Barnard is, and that would be great, 
to go on as a doctor. There are, there are doctors who have publicists that promote themselves. I know, for example, addiction specialists who are, some of them are doctors, some of them aren't, but they promote themselves as addiction specialists. Yeah. So when there's a tragic overdose, um, of a star or celebrity, they're the person that they want the, the assignment editors to call and say, hey, um, you know, will you come on our show? There's been a famous person who's overdosed. Can you talk about it? So in that sense, if you were a, a medical doctor who is advocating a plant-based diet, you could get a publicist and or directly try to get a phone list of media and promote yourself as the doctor to call when there's an issue involving somebody's health. And I wouldn't necessarily promote yourself as a plant-based doctor. Just promote yourself as a doctor. Mm. And, um, you know, so you can try to become an expert and weave the information in. And uh, that's what I do. Occasionally I'll do um, on a conservative channel. I'll pop up and I'll do a Skype hit. And as I always mention my veganism, uh, even when it's a totally seemingly unrelated story, because the truth is that the whole world's going to hell because we're killing 60 to 70 billion animals every year. So if you want to talk about the healthcare crisis, it boils (laughs) uh, down to our overconsumption of meat and dairy. If you want to talk about all the violence we have in our world, I mean, uh, you know, to me, violence begets violence. And the violence that we inflict on animals is not something that doesn't factor into the equation. If you want to talk about climate change and the hurricanes, Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane Irma, Hurricane Maria, um, you're you're talking about uh, animal agriculture as a leading cause of climate change. So there's a lot of ways to get the story in. But I would go out and say, I'm a vegan expert. I would say I'm an expert on climate change. I'm an expert on heart disease. I'm an expert on, on other things. Nice. And then you can weave the message in. That's yeah. what I would say. We nice. have to be stealth about it. No, that's fantastic. No, so I love what you said there. I like, I'll just backtrack to what we said there. So I like the fact that you've said that, yeah, to get into the mainstream media, you kind of almost have to infiltrate and get a bit creative about how you're doing it. So like you said, if you're an addiction specialist, what have you, you don't lead with the fact that you're vegan, but you can kind of maybe slip it in. I like that. Um, And then, yeah, talking a bit about now how you create your own media. So Jane, can you share, because you've gone from being a mainstream sort of broadcast journalist where you had camera people, you know, filming you, whereas now you're doing the filming yourself you're doing the video editing yourself can you share perhaps some of the equipment that you use and recommend for uh, say vegan business owners who want to create their own video content i'm holding it in my hand <laughs> my phone right it's all you need in fact uh traditional cameras i'm sure the sales are plummeting because especially now that we're going to go to the iphone 8 and the iphone x they have cameras that people are shooting movies on. Yeah. You know, in Hollywood, they're shooting sizzle reels on these. You don't need anything but a really good camera. You hold it sideways horizontally so it fills the screen so it doesn't look like it's some video of, a you know, that, that somebody's shooting that we see on the news with the black bands on the side. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you get the best cell phone you can. I have an iPhone 7 Plus that I'm holding my hand and, one of the things on my to-do list this week is to try to get, I'm going to go to Apple and see whether I want to get the X or the 8 Plus. But it, every time they come out with a camera, it's better. The still photos are right up there with professional photography now. There's portrait mode. You can 
uh, put it on portrait mode and you go horizontal, you take a picture and it has, you know, the, the soft focus background. I mean, we use it on our website. I don't think there's any need to invest in any other camera equipment. I have two other cameras, high quality, professional grade, still with video capability cameras. I hardly ever use them because everything is on the cell phone. And if you want it to get out to more people, do it live. Do it live. Do uh, do a daily demonstration of your product live on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, you can you can go Twitter live on Instagram. Uh, you know these are um, incredible incredible technology that we have today that allows us to do an end run around mainstream media. Just look at what's in the news right now. The Russian government used Facebook to influence our election. And they didn't apparently spend millions and millions of dollars on Facebook. They, they spent a, a doable amount. I think that, and I, you know, please, I forgive, forgive me if I'm not up to date with the Russian news, which, which, you know, gets <laughs> crazier every five seconds. But I heard something to the effect on one report that they spent a hundred thousand dollars. Now, you know, if you take a hundred thousand dollars and put it on Facebook, you can have a huge impact, a huge impact. So if your budget is twenty thousand dollars, you can have a really big impact. And you have to build an audience. Everywhere I go, I tell people, use this. This is, you know, in a totalitarian society, right? People wrote little booklets in the old days, right? Before the uh, Russian Revolution, and they would hand out the booklets to people. And Today, the booklets are social media. That's how we're going to get the word out. So I just read another article in the New York Times that said that the Democratic and the Republican Party are pouring millions of dollars into creating memes because people aren't reading books anymore as much as they used to. And so people are getting their information in an ADD culture with very short photographs with you know five words on them. So create memes around your product and get those memes out there. And try to make your meme go viral. I mean, you have all these social media platforms. You know, you have again, you have Facebook, which is generally doesn't skew toward the teenagers, but it it's viewed by billions of people every day. You have YouTube, which definitely requires a certain kind of programming. It, you don't have the live videos; you'd have to shoot things, but you could shoot your product and create a YouTube page. You have Instagram, which is what the younger generation is using a lot, which is very easy. You can post photos. You can go live. The lives, I believe, don't last forever. They, they, they uh, disappear after a while. But there's various things you can do on YouTube to get attention. And certainly photographs and memes are big on Instagram. Sure. You have Twitter. And you can hook all these up so that when you go on Facebook, when I post something on Facebook, it automatically goes to Twitter. I also have uh, LinkedIn and anybody can join LinkedIn and you can friend as many people as you want. I friend everybody because, and I accept everybody's friend request because everybody eats food and I want everybody to go vegan. So right now I'm up to about 7,500 people on Instagram and I post every time I do a story, it go, I post it on Instagram and I get a lot of response from a professional crowd on Instagram. So, uh, what I would do is start Whatever your product is, uh, let me do an actual real product. There was a great product that we ran into the other day, 
Uh, it's called Veggie Dome, and it's really good. And what it does is it puts your vegetables in a dome that you put on your counter so that by seeing the vegetables all the time, the potatoes and the carrots, you want to pick them up and eat them as opposed to them going bad in the refrigerator. And uh, so we, we did something with Veggie Dome, and um, he created a coupon code for, for Jane uh, Unchained. So if people put in a coupon code, uh, they can uh, get a discount. And he's put together a bunch of YouTube videos. And I mean, he's working it. He's working social media with his product. And um, I'm not saying it's flying off the shelves, but we definitely saw that when we did the, our Facebook story with him making food and then using the veggie dome to take the veggies out of the veggie dome to make the meal, that it showed people how to use it. Um, he talked about it, how he invented it. It, it was a story. Um, now, is he going to be on Good Morning America? Probably not. But, it, you know, you could take all the energy you'd put to try to get on a big TV show and put it into working morning till night on social media and maybe giving these products to the social media influencers. There's tons of vegan social media influencers. They're huge. In fact, let me give you an example. Getting back to those barristers, um, when they came here, they uh, worked with a woman who runs a, uh, a veg a veg fest here in LA and she does promotions for uh, people. She helps them get, get media. And what they did was when they opened, they invited all these social media influencers over. And I was one of them. And we all went over to the fruit frozen fruit company on Montana Avenue and everybody was taking pictures and everybody was posting. And, you know, I went live on Facebook and other people were doing Instagram. And so, um, that was media. It's just new media. Yeah. It's not the old media, but it's new media. And frankly, um, you know, uh, it's rising. I mean, Facebook is ordinarily influential. We can't, you know, information is information. Images are images. And while we might want to have those images broadcast somewhere that might reach more people, um, yeah, but I say, you know, throw the spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks. If you can get something done via social media, it might be better to, to well, you can do both. But, but what I'm trying to say is it's really important that we vegans use social media to the max because sure. it is our ticket around the mainstream media blackout. Got it. Jane, I just wanted to go back on, you know, you talked about using your phone. What about audio? Do you use a separate, because sometimes with audio quality, like if you're shooting someone on your camera phone, for example, and you're in a, you know, a public place, the audio can sometimes be a bit tricky. Do you use any like special additional microphones that you attach to your phone? Well, that's a very interesting question. Uh, now, what what I try to do in most cases, especially when we do lunch break live, we don't we don't use special microphones because people are moving around in the kitchen, and I haven't <clears throat> excuse me gotten a wireless mic that works with the live because we do everything live. If we're covering a speech, uh, for example, I covered the animal rights conference in Washington D.C. and I did a lot of the speeches. We did set up a microphone, like a road mic with a long cord, into a mixer, and then from the mixer, 
we do the adapter to the lightning cord because the new the iPhones with the good quality are like iPhone 7 has a lightning cord, yeah. a lightning plug. So you can't just plug any plug in there. So you have to get an adapter for that to go into the mixer. And there are inexpensive mixers you can get that are lightweight. And then from the mixer, it goes out to the cord that goes to the microphone. But I personally have found that that's too much of a rigmarole when you're covering things where people are moving. So after trying to come up with a system for when people are moving around, I just use the phone and I try to get close to them because the the, the phones are good. The microphones are good. And I tell people to speak up before I do anything. I say, pretend I'm hard of hearing, speak up and look into the camera eye. But when when we are covering speeches, we do set up the microphone. Got it. And just finally on video editing, because we know that can be very time consuming. Um, Are there any apps that you use or do you do all your video editing on a a laptop? Any tips around how to, I guess, kind of, yeah, make the process as efficient as possible without spending hours and hours on end video editing? Yes, um, I do everything live whenever possible so that I don't have to edit it. That's mm. the whole point of going live for me is one, it's the, if Facebook sends it out to more people and two, I don't have to edit it. Now there have been occasions where there are things that happen like 13 minutes in that are dramatic. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take that. I'm going to download it to my desktop. I'm going to put it in iMovie and I'm just going to get the parts that are really dramatic and repost it as an edited video. But mm. I use iMovie. iMovie is I'm not a technical person and I can do iMovie. So oh, cool. I think anybody, pretty much anybody can learn iMovie. Now, you know, somebody snickered at me once and they said iMovie because they were an editor and they kind of <laughs> laughed in my face. And I'm thinking, you know what? Um, a, a cut is a cut. And long before we had Premiere and all the other, you know, highfalutin editing systems, we had people shooting brilliant classic films with just, straight cuts because it was from on film right you know and mm. so you know you, with with iMovie you can you can add a soundtrack underneath please make sure you use music that is free and clear youtube has a free movie uh cat free uh, music category and that's really important yes because you don't well, want to get yeah. Yeah. you know you're not going to be able to use michael jackson's music you have <laughs> to go and get free music and use get the free music that doesn't require credit because there's two types of free music one free music on youtube in the creator studio it's called the creator studio you go in there and some are you can just use it you don't have to credit anybody the others are you can use it but you have to provide a credit right. i don't want to provide a because it's very important the the fewer words you use on a post the more people are likely to view the content they've done studies mm. and okay. yes, we often want to put War and peace in there, but try to keep your con- your words very short, and um, obviously provide a link to your site. Now you can't put the link in when you go live. You can't put a website address. You have to go in and re-edit the the post after and put the website address in. Okay. So just so you know, right? If you if you try to go live, don't put the website address in the description. Put it in after you finish going live and save all your live videos to your camera roll so that if you want to go and edit it afterwards, you can. So after you hit finish, 
there's a little box with an arrow that pops up. You hit that. It says, then it says save to camera roll. Then you post so that it's out there as Facebook, uh, but it's also on your camera roll so that you can then import it into your computer and edit it on iMovie. Oh, nice. And do you shoot your Facebook Live with the phone horizontal again as well? Always. Always. Never always. have it always horizontal oh good good advice awesome that's fantastic this has been really really helpful jane some wonderful advice then i know you mentioned that you um you cover products if people send you products you'll often cover them but you also um vegan businesses or vegan brands can also sponsor your jane dunn chain channel because you've got a massive following from your days as a you know renowned broadcast journalist so um tell us a bit about that just to wrap up you know how how can a vegan brand go about sponsoring jane unchained and what are the benefits well, we're increasing by about 15,000 followers every week on Facebook. And so right now with all of our social media, we're at about three quarters of a million. We expect to be at a million very soon. And we, we have you know really incredible community. We have the vegan community, but we also try to get the dog-loving community because I always say dogs are the gateway drug to veganism. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a great little soundbite. You should meme that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In fact, we're going to start doing a meme contest soon and try to get people to come up with some memes. Um, and um, so, yeah, we're, we're, as long as you're vegan, we would love to have you as a sponsor. Uh, we have D-Dog right now as a sponsor, and that's yeah, the vegan I dog food that, that my yeah. dog eats. Cool. Yeah, and... Um, so, uh, and yeah, what does that get? So, Jane, so by being a sponsor, what what do they? What's sort of included in that? Like, what's the the sort of benefits? Like, do you sort of do you just like mention them on social? How does it kind of work? The sponsorship. Well, we're kind of open ended because I think it really depends on the product, right? And uh, what we do is talk to people about what they want, and so they could, let's say, sponsor just uh, lunch break live. So we could create like a sign. Um, that we show at every lunch break live and said, this is sponsored by boom. And uh, we could then go back after the live's done and add the website address so that if people wanted to go right to the product, they could. That's one thing we could do. Um, we could obviously put it on our branded on our website and branded on um, our uh, uh, posts. You know, that that's primarily how we would spread the word, put the, put the logo here, there, and everywhere, and um, mention that they're the sponsor. And frankly, I think if I had a vegan product, <laughs> I would definitely <laughs> you would sponsor yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would. I would hire myself because <laughs> we, we reach all the vegans. All the vegans watch us. I mean, we go all around the country and the world, and everybody's like, "Oh, I love your videos." So, um, and I always tell them, "Share." So, go to Facebook.com/slash Jane Velez Mitchell. It's my verified page. And just share the videos. Um, what what you know? Our goal is, and even though we're not a nonprofit, because journalistic enterprises are for the most part not pro- not not nonprofit. They are mm-hmm. they're companies. But our goal is really to spread the word. And any funds that would come in, we would use them to increase our reach. So any funds that come in, they go to either equipment or to increase our reach with post boosts. So, um, you know, uh, there are times when we just really want to, uh, there's a video that touches people's hearts. The other day I was called uh, by someone to come, uh, a, a, 
um, a cow gave birth at a slaughterhouse near LA oh. and the slaughterhouse owner called and said, I don't want to kill the baby. And uh, the person he called who, who was involved in the animal rights movement said, well, we want the mother too. Oh. And she called me and said, get, get down here. They're going to release the mother and the baby. And I went down there and uh, it was really, really emotional because mm -hmm. it was so beautiful to see this mother and baby get on the truck. But then I looked around and I saw all the other hundreds of cows looking at me, making eye contact with me saying, what about me? Yeah. I swear to God, they might as well have been saying, what about me? And I just, uh. Uh, I mean, it was gut wrenching, but that was a really powerful video. So I put a thousand dollars on it to boost it and target people like meat eaters, burger, right? Nice. Burger eater, best recipe, food channel, cooking channel, uh, you know, um, so that now has been viewed at least, I think, 230,000 times. Wow. And hopefully it'll continue to go up. It, it went viral on its own, but I wanted to, I wanted people to see it because uh, there was something about this mother and child, people can relate to a mother and child. And what I've also found with people is that often they'll put stuff out on social media and then journalists see it and then they want to cover it in the media as well. So yes. there's a, a double benefit yes. there of, of doing the social and kind of how they work hand in hand. So that, that's awesome. Yeah. But Jane, you've been absolutely fantastic. It's always a pleasure speaking with you and you've shared some really great tips and advice. So um, love what you do. We'll put a link, of course, to the janeunchained.com and also to your Facebook live show. Um, and it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you thank you so much for coming on the show well let me say this Katrina I really love what you do and uh, I, I admire all the work you put into promoting vegan businesses and obviously that's your passion and uh, I applaud it so that was Jane Velez Mitchell from Jane Unchained you can find out more at janeunchained.com and that link is on the show notes page at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts and going to episode 92. Now for our vegan business news roundup. The UK meat substitute market is set to grow by 25% in the next four years, while the country's alternative milk market is predicted to grow by 43% in the same period, according to research by Informers Agribusiness Intelligence, reports Foodbev Media. Increasing concerns around health, animal welfare and the environment are cited as the key reasons for the growth in these markets by 2021. Even greater growth is predicted in the US for meat alternatives, up 43%, Australia 46%, and China 46%. Informers Agribusiness Intelligence Special Reports and Projects Director Alan Bullion said, As consumers in the UK and around the world begin making tentative steps away from milk and meat due to animal welfare, environmental or health concerns, we're expecting to see continuing strong growth in sales of alternative protein products. Excellent. That's what we like to hear. We're inching forward piece by piece. Vegan shoe brand NAE has debuted a boot made from airbags, reports Veg News. The company, which is based in Portugal, unveiled the new style recently as part of its winter collection. 
The hand-stitched boot is made from upcycled nylon sourced from car airbags, along with soles created from old tyres, and it also uses animal-free glue. The 10-year-old company joins other vegan brands using innovative materials, including pineapple leather and apple peels. Fantastic. It's great to see a return to repurposing items in a way that's good for people, animals and planet. Finally, Americans are choosing more vegan and vegetarian options for their Thanksgiving meals, according to Nielsen, reports Food Navigator. Sales of vegan salad toppings were up a whopping 393% in the three weeks leading up to the holiday in 2016, closely followed by vegan pie-filling sales, which were up 357%, and vegan breading and stuffing sales went up 179% compared to the average weekly dollar sales. The increased sales occurred due to the growth of the clean eating movement, which also resulted in increased purchases of healthy vegetables such as kale and organic sweet potatoes. Nielsen also said 39% of Americans are leaving animal-based proteins off their plates and choosing more plant-based alternatives. Again, fantastic news. I know sometimes it seems like we're making slow progress, but constant reports like this are a good sign that we're going in the right direction. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave it a review and rating on iTunes or any other platform you're listening on. Finally, I encourage you to head over to veganbusinessmedia.com where you can find more resources, including details of my media and PR consultations, copywriting, editing and proofreading services to help you grow your vegan business. I'm Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business, and I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now. 